We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rob Doster here. I got Jeff Gibney with me. Hell no. John Fink. Are we still live? Bill the 68 till I die. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out. Randolph Children. DJ Khaled, you know the big DJ Khaled guy? Hands broke up and in. Goodman needs to be fired all the time. Josh Tasker. You're going to beat people straight up. You know the deal. Drink responsibly tonight. I'll be drinking with you. Jarrell McNeil. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid majors. This is Field the 68. After that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wednesday evening edition of the Field of 68 After Dark. My name is Rob Doster. I got Terrell McNeil with me. And you know we had to get Tyler Hansborough on the show on a night when North Carolina puts up 100 points on the number one defense in college basketball, according to our friend over at Ken Palm. Dot com. Uh, we had a lot to get to. We are watching the end and monitoring the end of this Duke-Arkansas game and the uh, the Auburn-Virginia Tech game. We're going to make sure to break all that down in real time uh, when we get to those finals. And Colorado State, it looks like they're going to be able to hold on against Colorado. It's a busy Wednesday night in the world of college basketball. And I would be remiss if I did not mention Villanova going down in the Holy War to St. Joe's the first time, guys, since Jameer Nelson and Delonte West were in the backcourt for the Hawks that they went into Finneran Pavilion and knocked off Villanova. But you guys know where we got to start. We have to start with North Carolina. We have to start with the Hart Tar Heels. We have to start with them putting up 100 points in a 100-92 to win <laughs> over Tennessee at home in the Dean Dome. Tyler, I'm going to you first on this one. Uh, I mentioned to, to you off air, Harrison Ingram, 20 points, six boards, three steals. He hit four threes. He was terrific in the Bahamas. I think this guy has been uh, the answer that that this team needed at the three, at the four, that big wing position. I love what I've seen from him. Yeah, he's been by far the best transfer for this team. Uh, he's brought a whole new aspect. I mean, he's played uh, every position from two to five. And one thing about Harrison is he's so versatile. He gives uh, UNC the opportunity to go small at times and spread the court and uh, you know open open things up for Armando inside. But I think the one thing that he does is he knocks down uh, open shots and desperately that's what we needed uh, last year and the year before. Somebody uh, that can hit open shots and make the three. Uh, but that's been key for us. Uh, he's been unbelievable and I think he's been. Uh, 
probably the brightest spot and the most consistent player on the UNC team uh, this far. And also, you could say he's won us some ball games because uh, without his consistent play, I don't think we are, you know, sitting here. I think we have more than one loss uh, this season if we if he wasn't playing so well. Jarrell, what do you make of North Carolina so far this season? What you've seen from them? Oh man, it was. Uh, I think the last time I was on, uh, I just talked about it a little bit, and I think this is just a, the missing piece right here is that uh, Armando Baycott got it going again, and uh, man, they look like a, <clears throat> they look like an absolute juggernaut tonight. Um, he was hitting on all cylinders along with, uh, like we said, Ingram has been playing great basketball and been a huge piece in addition for them. And then you got the guards, R.J. Davis uh, kind of kept his his game rolling. He played really well again tonight. Between those three guys, I think they had like over 60 combined points. And then you had the uh, the freshman, man, uh, Elliot Cadeau come in and uh, not a not a stat line that, that will blow you away at first glance, man. But I think he had uh, 10 assists, zero turnovers tonight, man. So that was a, a huge contribution uh, contribution for, on his on his behalf. And then the rest of those guys kind of fed out uh, off of it. And, uh, man, they kind of just blew Tennessee out of the water, which was a little bit surprising because you expected Tennessee. Uh, Rick Barnes seemed to put up a little bit more fight defensively, but this uh, this one looked a little bit more like an NBA game tonight. But, man, Carolina looked great. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of defense being played in Chapel Hill tonight. Uh, Tyler, Elliot Cadeau, we mentioned this before the show went live. First three games that he had in his college career, eight assists, eight turnovers. The last four games that he's played, 21 assists, just a single turnover. Those four games, the three games in the Bahamas, Northern Iowa, Villanova, Arkansas, and then tonight against Tennessee. That is pretty damn impressive for a freshman. That reclassified. He mm -hmm. should be a senior in high school right now. Exactly. And I, I put Elliot Cadeau in the category of like a Kobe White, Anthony Cole type of, type of player. And tonight also he moved into the starting lineup. And if you look at the past couple seasons, uh, I wouldn't say we had a pass first point guard. He put up, you know, like, uh, you know, we just said, 10 assists, zero turnovers. We haven't had a guy put up that type of stat uh, since you, you'd have to look back at like a Kendall Marshall type player. But to me, Cadeau has the ability to create his own shot. He has athleticism. Uh, Kendall, to me, was a much – I mean, he's a pass-first point guard, but I don't think that Kendall had the athleticism that Cadeau possesses. And I think Cadeau is a, is a huge piece – but also, the one thing that you see is you also see uh, Hubert giving him consistent minutes as well, where he's been a little bit hesitant to put freshmen in or give the bench players, uh, you know, quality minutes. This year, he's starting to trust his bench and play his bench more. And you're seeing Cadeau get his confidence and play better with more minutes. And I think he's just going to continue to get better and better. And we'll really see what this kid's about, uh, you know, when it comes conference time and, you know, the more confidence he has and the more playing time he gets, he's just going to get that much better. Yeah, I think it says a lot about North Carolina this year that we're uh, sitting here talking about one of their most impressive wins uh, of the season and one of the more impressive wins we've seen in college basketball period this season. And we haven't talked about Armando Baycott, who went for 22 and 11. And we haven't talked about R.J. Davis, who had 27 points uh, on his own tonight here's the question i got for you Jarrell, and i don't want you to to answer this afterwards too tyler um 
I think the best lineup for this team right now, we kind of saw it tonight, right? It's with Cormac Ryan playing alongside R.J. Davis with Elliot Cadeau out there and Harrison Ingram kind of moving into that four spot, putting all those guys around Armando Baycott. My question is, they gave up 92 points tonight, right? Is this a team that can kind of play a style of basketball where you need to get up in the 80s, you maybe even need to get to the 90s? you got to be able to – more or less outscore people if you're not going to be able to guard because I don't know where the defense comes from when you got those five guys on the floor together, Jarrell. Yeah, and I think uh, I think that was a little bit uh, a bit of the issue tonight, and uh, uh, Connect was kind of on pace to go for forty there uh, as they started to creep back in the game in the second half, man. So I think it's going to be a balance, but man, I, I definitely think that's their uh, that's kind of their go to lineup. Uh, I think they play they play faster. They essentially have two point guards on the floor with that lineup. So it really doesn't matter who gets it between Davis and Cadeau. They can both push it really good in transition. And then we talked about uh, uh, Ingram, and he's just kind of a, a jack of all trades. He could do a little bit of anything in a matchup night, nightmare. You put all those guys with, uh, with Cormac Ryan out there to stretch the floor as well. Uh, they're, they're a tough team to stop because, you know, they, to be honest with you, like I said, they don't have a lot of weaknesses. You know, they can go inside. They can they can throw it down to Baycott. Uh, Ingram can do a little bit of everything. You got two really dynamic guards. And uh, and then you got a shooter out there as well, too, to help uh, keep the, uh, the floor space. But I think the, the key is just going to be finding somebody to step up for those guys on a perimeter night in, night out, and take those tough challenges defensively because you're going to need somebody that's going to be in there to stop people. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, this team has to make a commitment to defense. And, you know, this isn't, uh, you know, when we watched the game in the Bahamas against Villanova, Dixon went off. And uh, I was watching the game and I was thinking, is this guy going to get 40 before we have some help side defense on him? We're going to have a dig guy. And then Connect went went off on us tonight. Uh, so this this team, to me, has to make a commitment defensively if they want to be the team uh, that makes a deep tournament run come March. I think they've got to figure it out defensively. But their best lineup, yeah, I do think Cadeau running the point is their best lineup. I think RJ is better suited as a shooter at the two spot. And then it also opens things up for Armando inside, which Armando got it going well tonight. Uh, I personally thought he struggled a little bit in the Bahamas. I think he averaged like nine points down there. Uh, but I think when Armando runs, uh, rim runs, and gets a, a deep sill inside the post where he doesn't really have to put the ball on the floor and he can go straight up with it, I think that's where he does most of his damage. And he has ability. He has good hands around the rim. He can get his – uh, you know, his hands on the ball, and then he can go back up, get fouled, go to the foul line. Uh, he's an improved free throw shooter. So, yeah, I would agree with you. This is their best lineup. But also, uh, I do want to look at their bench. I think Jalen Washington is a guy, 6'10", has some length. Uh, he's shown in spurts that he can play and do a lot of different things. He has some good outside touch. I think he has to make a commitment uh, defensively as well because tonight when Tennessee got a little confident – there were some blow buys and he struggled defensively, but he's a guy who I think is really going to, you know, be key uh, as far as depth goes for Carolina that I think uh, could actually be a pretty big factor because I, th I think he has the ability to be a really good player as well. I'm glad you said it, Tyler, because you, uh, I'm not sure. I, that's one of my former kids, uh, one of my Mean Streets kids. He's from Indiana. 
Uh, but yeah, I almost threw something in my TV after those back-to-back blow-bys. Fucking <laughs> Jordan, Jordan, Josiah, Jordan, James, just walking to the hole on them. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna send him a nasty text message. But it's better. It's coming from a Carolina guy anyway, so he won't be as mad. Every, hey, I'm down at the Smith Center a lot, and I always see Jalen down there working. And so I talk Tyler's to him every working, every man. once in a while. And I love when I Great see uh, the young kids putting in the work in the Smith Center and odd hours. I really respect that. So, you know, I, I, I know he's dealt with some injuries, but I think he's going to be a key player moving forward. Yeah, the the one thing I will say about this uh, North Carolina team is as an impartial observer, I'm not going to complain if they give up a lot of points and we end up seeing games in the 90s. I'm here for it. It's a lot of fun to watch them play, just like it was a lot of fun to watch Kentucky play last night. That, my friends, is a tease for what we're going to talk about next segment. Uh, There was another team on the floor tonight, Tennessee. Um, They did not look great. Uh, That is now three losses, a four and three start for the Volunteers who – uh, we're at one point a top seven team in all of college basketball. Don't connect with nuts tonight. Uh, but my question is, guys, if you're giving up 100 points, if you're giving up 61 points in the first half, Tyler, we'll go to you first on this one. If if, if you're Rick Barnes, is he going to stick with this? Like, we know what he wants to do. We know he wants to be like a tough, physical, we're going to play rugby that has a basketball instead of those odd-shaped balls that, uh, that rugby guys play with. But is he going to revert back to this like defense, 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 defense thing if he's not winning playing this style of basketball? Uh, I think he's got to stick to his defensive, uh, you know, strategies and what he preaches. But also, he's got to find a way uh, for this team to find some scoring outside of connect. And it looked like they tried to mix it up a little bit in the second half, uh, but. Uh, you know they they've got to they've got to find scoring from somebody else besides connect. But I think once Ziggler gets his confidence back, you know he's coming back from that ACL. He's still playing a little shaky at times, and he's having some spurts where he comes on and provides them with some scoring opportunities. But I think they've got to find one more guy, and you know I don't know what it's going to be because you know he, someone's going to have to step up, and I think it'd be Ziggler if I'm. Uh, you know, looking at their roster right now, I think he would be a guy that uh, moving forward would have to have more emphasis on scoring. Somebody's going to have to help uh, connect. Jarrell? Yeah, about the, I, I think it's the exact same. Uh, for the most part, um, it's a fine balance of trying to find guys that can guard and uh, and also at the same time keeping a group out on the floor that can, uh, you know, that can put the ball in because at the end of the day, you got to outscore your opponent. Uh, to win the game, but uh, as Tyler was spot on with that, somebody's got to kind of come along and show up with connect on the uh, on the game game in game out type of basis, and uh, and I definitely had that in my notes. I think Zakai Ziegler is uh, he's working his way back. Uh, it seems like they kind of they're kind of um, you know just working them back in slowly. Uh, from what I've seen, even when they were in Maui, he didn't play in a lot of long spurts. Uh, they kind of give him a couple minutes here and there, and then they try to let him go a little bit down the stretch of uh, down the stretch of the game. But uh, as he continues to build his confidence back, I think that's going to help them a lot because he he creates the dynamic for them offensively that they don't have, which is just a guy who is quick as a blur, can go get his own shot, and can constantly get two feet in the paint and get those paint touches from a perimeter pen- penetration to get some of those other guys easier looks. And uh, and obviously, 
Ganey uh, will be a little bit better than he was tonight. He struggled a bit tonight, but I think he's uh, he's a more than capable scorer. But I, th I think the Vols are going to be okay. Uh, obviously, they can't. They, they're, they're probably going to have a couple rough couple days of practice after getting a hundred hung on them. But uh, I think uh, when things settle down, they'll be all right. All right, Tyler, you got thirty seconds here. Duke is currently down fourteen at Arkansas. We've seen Virginia struggle so far this season. Miami got their doors blown off at Kentucky. Is North Carolina now the best team in the ACC? They won in the league? What are we doing here? I, I don't want to put any any type of expectations on the Tar Heels. <laughs> we learned that lesson last year, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, no, Duke is, a, Duke is a great team. They're playing probably one of the toughest environments in college basketball right now. And I'm not sold on Arkansas being this team that everyone's just playing awful. They have athletes, and this Brazil kid is a, is a problem. He's a mismatch on a lot of different – uh, courts and uh, I'm more positive on Arkansas than most people. Well, well that looks very savvy after tonight, and I'm just going to uh, <laughs> going to mention it. I had the Arkansas money line winning tonight, so I'm going to celebrate that now. Listen, when we get back, we're going to hear from Eric Reynolds, who was the star in the upset of Villanova tonight. Are you a college basketball junkie? Are you the kind of fan that gets frustrated that this beautiful sport has such a lack of national coverage outside of the month of March? Well, let me tell you about the Field of 68, an all-encompassing digital network podcasts, live streams, and newsletters that cover the sport at every level on every platform. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid-majors, the only way to keep up with college basketball is through the field of 68. In the first field of 68 tip-off, three of the preeminent mid-major programs in the country, three of the best coaches, November 30th, Liberty vs. FAU, December 1st, Liberty vs. Charleston, December 2nd, Charleston vs. FAU. Three up-and-coming programs come together in a very, very creative entity. There's a reason we're called the field of 68, right? We want to cover all of college basketball. We are calling it the Field of 68 Tip-Off. Welcome back to the Wednesday evening edition of the Field of 68 After Dark. My name is Rob Dosser. I got Jarrell McNeil with me. I got Tyler Hansborough here with me. And we are going to have to discuss this Villanova loss to St. Joe's. Before we do, you guys heard the ad. You guys saw it there. The Field of 68 tip-off. It's happening down in Boca Raton. To, starting on Thursday night, we're going to be doing it Friday night. We're going to be doing it Saturday night. 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 2.30 p.m. Pacific Time. We'll be doing pregame shows all three nights from the arena down there at FAU. We got FAU Liberty at 6 o'clock on ESPNU on Thursday night. It will be on Flow Sports Liberty in Charleston uh, 6 o'clock on Friday night. And it will be back on ESPNU with 
uh, Charleston and FAU on Saturday at 6 p.m. Again, after dark there every single night the next three days. We'll have pregame shows at 530. It's going to be awesome. I cannot wait to get to the warm weather, guys. It was 25 degrees in Philadelphia today. I'm not uh, I'm not built for this cold this early in the year. All right. Talking about Philadelphia, we had one of the big five rivalry games tonight. St. Joe's goes into Finneran Pavilion and knocks off Villanova 78-65 to behind 24 points and three assists from Eric Reynolds. They were 14 for 27 from three. Jarrell, you played in the Big East. You know this Villanova program. You've seen it up close and personal. What happened here tonight? I thought that they were back, man. They just went down there. and They, they were up 35 on Memphis like five days ago, and you turn around and you lose in your own gym by 15 to your biggest rival? Come on, man. Um, <clears throat> as as you just spoke to, I guess that's kind of the issue when you go from a from a walk in paradise back to Philly, uh, and and it's probably freezing cold. So uh, <laughs> I'm sure that I'm sure that doesn't help anything. Uh, those trips are always kind of hard to come back from, especially when you go someplace nice. So a little bit of a letdown game, but obviously a rivalry game. Uh, and, and to be honest with you, uh, Villanova just, they, they really struggled tonight, but man, we got to give, uh, we got to give St. Joe's credit. Uh, they went, they went into Nova and, uh, and they took it right to them. They had some guys that played well. Uh, Rashir Fleming had a double, double Eric Reynolds was fantastic. Uh, Lee and Greer put in some big points as well. And they had, uh, the one freshman kid coming off of the bench. I think he was like four for five on three pointers for the night, man. So you got to give those guys credit first and foremost, but, uh, but Nova struggled and they really struggled, uh, you know, defensively after just watching, uh, I, I want to say it was against, I mean, really against Memphis and and even, uh, against UNC, uh, sorry, Tyler, but they, they just, they just had such great chemistry down there and, uh, they were moving the ball so well. And I think that, I don't know, they just kind of came back to earth a little bit tonight. Uh, ball movement wasn't great. I think they had, uh 17 turnovers on the night i think that's what they finished with or something like that and uh and they ended up having like close to more more turnovers than assists so uh that's always a recipe for disaster and even they're, 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 they had two guys in double figures and those were the mainstay guys uh you know justin moore and uh, eric dixon so um, they'll figure it out. They got to figure out uh, a way to get uh, Burden and uh, and Mamba back into the fold a little bit. Mamba didn't didn't score a field goal tonight. He had one point, and that was a free throw. He was one for two from the free throw line. But uh, man, it was uh, it's just one of those nice one of those games. And I'm hopefully hopefully we could chalk it up to that, and that's it. That that's all they'll they'll kind of uh, wash wash it off and uh, get back to work and uh, go, get back on the road again. That's what we we're hoping for at least. But we'll see. Tyler, how worried are you about Villanova? I'm not worried at all. I just saw them in the Bahamas. They looked like the 96 Bulls. Uh, they were unbelievable. <laughs> and also, they do have a lot of transfers. And so, uh, I think the more the, uh, this team plays together and has practices together, I think they're just going to grow. Uh, but also, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Dixon kid as well. I think he's a great player. I think he'll figure it out, and he's a go-to guy. But also, St. Joe's, I mean, they're, I mean, they're a quality team. Uh, they went yes, to uh, Kentucky and outplayed Kentucky in every aspect of the game. Kentucky just happened to get hot in overtime, and they stole a win from them. But St. Joe's, I mean, you're not going to beat many teams when they shoot 50%, 56% from the floor and then 51% from the three-point line. Uh, to me, that kind of sums it up. Villanova just let their guard down defensively. Their rotations were off, and St. Joe's got hot. And once a team gets hot and confident, it's tough to beat them once they're uh, – 
you know, a lot of guys are playing with their confidence and they're hitting shots. So uh, they just got behind uh, the eight ball on that one. And uh, it is also, I will say this, a lot of teams, after they have great performances, especially in these tournaments, you will see a touch of a letdown. Uh, you know, you guys, you know, the practices are, you know, a little bit easier. Guys are feeling themselves. Uh, you just destroyed Thanksgiving, and then you get hit with a little bit of reality. So uh, that's all that happened here. Yeah, I, I, got a, I got a hot take for you guys. I'm going to climb up here on my soapbox for a second. I think St. Joe's is one bad performance at home against Texas A&M Commerce away from us being like, hey, this is a top 25 team. If they beat Texas AM Commerce 60 to 57 instead of losing 57 to 54, then I think we're talking about this group as like, you know what? This could be like a make the tournament win a game kind of a team. They are dangerous. They are talented. Eric Reynolds, Cameron Brown, Xavier Brown, Lynn Greer, they have as good a guards as anybody in college basketball. Point blank, period. I don't care what level you're playing at. Anybody that watched them go into Rupp, and they should have won that game, by the way. If Christ mm -hmm. is Sandoko, uh, um, I'm sorry if I messed up your name, man. But if, if he makes a free throw at the end, then they are up with six seconds left and Kentucky has the ball back with a, a chance to get a stop and get a win. So uh, we were able to catch up with Eric Reynolds earlier after this performance. Um, big fan of his. Loved him at A10 Media Day. Even a, even a bigger fan now. And, uh, you know, he was a guy that came back to St. Joe's. He had some chances to leave. He had some chances to transfer. But he came back for opportunities and nights like this. Now I'm thrilled to welcome on to the Field of 68 After Dark, none other than Eric Reynolds, who was the star of St. Joe's 78-65 to win over Villanova. Eric, let me start you with this, man. The last time St. Joe's went into that building and beat Villanova was when Jameer Nelson and Delonte West were on the team. How's it feel to be in the same sentence as those two right now? Well, that, that fact right there is kind of crazy by itself, um, but... It feels great, you know, um, me being from Maryland, coming into this big five atmosphere, you know, um, it means it means a lot to me that I get to be a part of it. So I'm, I'm really excited. Villanova's got a lot of guys from that area. I'm sure some guys you played AAU ball with, some guys that you knew growing up, some guys you played against in high school. Is that a little extra special, a little extra sweet to be able to beat some of those dudes? Um, yeah, it's always nice to compete against those guys, you know. Um, because at a certain point, you know, like Justin, I looked up to him when I was younger. Um, so it was it was just nice to be on the floor playing against these guys. 24 points, three assists, zero turnovers. You guys as a team were 14 for 27 from three. When you guys get going, you are dangerous. We saw what happened in Lexington against Rupp uh, the other night. You took him to overtime. Uh, what What is the ceiling for this group? What can you guys do this year, do you think? You said, what's the one of the group? I'm sorry, I didn't the, hear you. This, the ceiling for this group. Oh, um, well, really, um, the sky's the limit. Me, personally, I think the sky's the limit for this team. But uh, our approach every day is to take it one game at a time, one possession at a time, and uh, enjoy every moment that we're in and just execute as much as we can in each moment. So uh, we just take it game by game. But this team has the potential to be really, really good. When we were at Media Day, uh, you you and Coach Lang both talked about how important your relationship was, your family's relationship was, uh, and how that played a role in the fact that you didn't leave when you had opportunities to transfer out of the program and people reaching out to you about it. How meaningful is it to you to be able to see these actual results, especially, I, I know you still got season to play, right? This is just like one game, 
but it's also a rivalry game. Like how, how important is it to kind of see those results and have that, that experience with him? Um, that, it, that means the world to me, you know, because he's been recruiting me since I was 16 years old, 17 years old. So him talking about that vision and us actually executing it as the time passes, as I'm here, um, going through these experiences are great. So I, it really means the world to me. I'm, I'm super excited for him. He knows I love him, and uh, I'm always going to be with him. Have you been to the locker room yet? Yeah, I uh, actually had another media thing already. So what, what was the celebration like in there? Oh, it was it was it was electric. That's all. <laughs> it was really electric. It was a lot of energy. Um, big five rivalry, like you talked about. So uh, the energy was just high. We were we were really really excited. Well, it's a heck of a win, man. It's a lot of fun to watch you guys have the success. You know, here at the Field of 68, we're going to be rooting for you. We're going to be cheering for you guys. Congratulations on the win. Go celebrate, man. Get out of here. Thank you so much. Awesome. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for uh, for jumping. With the Field of 68's Wednesday night show. Listen, guys, this is where I got to tell you about Volta. Volta is an app that allows you to participate in daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. It is where you can store your own predictions forever. And by using the Volta Challenge Preacher, you can prove you're better and smarter than your enemies like Jeff Goodman. So go download the app. It's V-L-T-E-D for free right now. So your predictions and join daily cash prize pools. Tyler, here's my challenge, man. We talked about it earlier. Kentucky. They blew the doors off Miami uh, earlier this week. It was yesterday. It was 95 to 73. The second half was one of the most impressive halves I've seen in a long time. I challenge you. I'm saying that Kentucky is going to win the SEC this year. I am saying they are the best team in that conference. Do you accept my challenge? I accept that. Yeah, I think there's some teams out there. Um, I have to see how Arkansas develops now that I kind of hype them up. Uh, but, uh, you know, to be honest, I don't feel good about that bet. Cause I know Kentucky's young. They have a lot of freshmen that are going to just going to get better and better. And, uh, <laughs> the way that, uh, Reed Shepard played in the second half of the night against St. Joe's, I mean, uh, he looked like a young Larry birds. So, uh, I don't like that, but I'm going to take it just because, uh, of my hatred towards big blue nation and, uh, all the, all the comments that they have given me. So I'm going to go ahead and take that. All right, Jarrell, let me ask you this, man. The freshman guards, DJ Wagner, Reed Shepard, Robert Dillingham, and I'll even throw Justin Edwards in the mix. Uh, I didn't see this kind of year coming from all four of those guys. Maybe like one, maybe two. You've been on the circuit. You've seen these guys play. Did you expect this level of performance from them? Are you surprised by what we've seen out of them? From a talent standpoint, not at all. Uh, not at all. Um, to be honest with you, and <clears throat> this is just my personal opinion over watching just the last couple of weeks here. Uh, I mean, they're 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 head and shoulders. I think head and shoulders above the next the next best team in the SEC as far as talent, just pure talent. And uh, and that's kind of the Coach Calipari way, man. He's going to get the best of the best, and those guys have have found a way to make it work. Uh, obviously, I don't think the, the problem is completely solved yet. Uh, and, and like Tyler said, they're going to go through ups and downs because it's just inexperience and youth. But just from a talent standpoint, man, any one of those guys can give it to you any given night. Uh, Shepard was amazing. 
Uh, Edwards was great in the first half. Wagner was coming off a really good game. And Dillingham was awesome as well, too, coming off of the bench. I think he ended up with like 10 assists, uh, maybe one or no turnovers. I don't want to give him a turnover if he didn't have one. But, man, those guys are really good, and they got a chance to do some something special this year. Yeah, coming into the season, I said that Kentucky did not have a top 20 backcourt in all of college basketball, and I have to take a big fat L on that one. They are awesome. <laughs> they are so much fun to watch. I love Reed Shepard. But listen, uh, we got to get to a break here. On the other side of this break, we're going to talk about Duke. We're going to talk about Auburn. We're going to talk about the ACC FBC Challenge. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68, each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When across the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts so download the bet mgm app today we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Wednesday evening edition of the Field of 68 After Dark. We are presented by our partner over at BetMGM. We are live right now on YouTube. We are live over on Stadium. Make sure you hang around. Uh, after this show is done, we're going to jump over on Stadium, and we're going to be hosting our 
every night show at midnight last call we're going to be answering your questions there all right it is 73 to 61 there are two minutes left in this game i'm officially calling it uh arkansas is going to beat duke in bud walton arena and i'm going to tell you this guys uh we could talk about the arkansas side of this in a second I am very, very worried about this Duke team. I, I have not been overly impressed by them in any of the performances that we've seen. They lost at home to Arizona. They did not look great in a win over Michigan State, who frankly has not looked all that great this year. Uh, and they have, uh, they're going to, looks like they're going to take a, a, they're down double digits right now at Bud Walton Arena. So, Tyler, I'll go to you first, man. Am I, am I right to be worried about where this Duke team is right now? You are. I, I would say that. And, um, you know, it's, you know, they're lost to Arizona and now they're lost to Arkansas. It seems like they've lost to teams that really get out and run. And kind of like what we talked about it on here before, is it looks like teams are just putting Filipowski in the pick and roll and they're just kind of mm -hmm. exploiting uh, that situation. But also, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, they're going to have to find other players step up and tonight you saw tj power come in get some more minutes the freshman hit some big shots but uh yeah i i think duke is starting to you know there's starting to be some uh you know not really matching the hype that everyone's giving them right now yeah uh, jarell you look at the freshman at duke and you look at the freshman at uh kentucky and you look at the performances that we're getting out of them on a nightly basis and to me that's kind of where you see the biggest difference right now everyone thoughts duke's guards were going to be doing what kentucky's guards doing right now yeah and i think um and I, to be honest with you i don't really think it's just on the freshman and uh just my the thing that the, the the loud blaring thing that keeps going off in my head uh when i watch them and they struggle is uh is just man when is uh just waiting on uh, proctor to take the next step man yes uh this is obviously a guy who's who's been uh touted to be a a lottery pick uh come uh, come come this upcoming year in 2024 and uh and obviously i see the talent i see the potential i see the skill i see the pace uh you see the size but uh you know games like this going into tough environments uh, you know, Filipowski for the most part is going to be there. Uh, even on nights that he doesn't score, to shoot it great, he's uh, he's he's almost like a shoe in double double. So uh, he's he's going to be there in some aspect. Uh, I think they're looking. I think they're looking, and they're kind of waiting on uh, on Proctor to take that next step. Man, you can't you can't just rely on uh, McCain and uh, Kayla Foster and those type of guys going into these hostile environments. And, and I also think it's a, it's a little bit to do with, uh, you know, they're figuring out some different lineups. And uh, like we were just talking about um, with North Carolina, just figuring out what's, what's that lineup going to be. You know, I feel like all really, really good teams have that, that kill lineup, whether they start with it or not, or whether they go to it during the course of the game. You know, you got that one lineup where you feel good about where I know we can get stops. We got plenty of scoring. We got shooting and we can rebound after we get stops. Uh, I think they just need to kind of figure out that lineup. And uh, But I, I still think they'll be fine. In my opinion, I think they're still probably the man for man, maybe the deepest team in basketball. So. Uh, John will figure it out. He's he's done a great job so far, and uh, you know they'll probably take this loss and go back to work after this. Yeah, it's going into Bud Walton Arena is never going to be an easy thing to do, and I, I'm I'm worried about 
how Mark Mitchell and Kyle Filipowski fit together because you don't really have a five defensively. Um, but Mark Mitchell can't really shoot it well enough to be able to pull people away from the basket. It's just kind of a weird fit. There's there's things you got to figure out. I think you hit the nail on the head. Tyrese Proctor has got to be uh, he's got to be a killer, and he hasn't figured out how to do that yet. But Tyler, this said so much to me about Arkansas, right? Playing without Tremont Mark, who had 34 against North Carolina. Um, playing after going uh, losing to UNC Greensboro at home, after going one and two in the Bahamas, and coming out and, and putting together this kind of performance in this arena. It's just, it's so impressive. Like, it must always finds a way. He always finds a way to get it done. Yeah, he does. And also, they're big, they're athletic, and they're long. I think that presents a lot of problems for Filipowski. But the one player for me is a Brazil kid. I, th- I think he's a mismatch problem. He can spread the floor. He's athletic. He's long. He can get out run, gets rebounds. I think he's an unbelievable player. And I think he will become one of those guys. I think he's a potential All-American if he plays to his capabilities. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Musk, I mean – he he gets his team rolling, and he knows how to coach uh, his squad. So I'm not worried about Arkansas. I'm actually, like I've said, uh, a lot more positive about them than a lot of people have. And I know they haven't been playing uh, good quality basketball in a full game, but you see glimpses of this team and what it can be and how they can get out and run and create a lot of mismatch problems. Uh, but also I do think that they make a commitment defensively uh, and they could be a very tough defensive team as well. Yeah, Jarrell, what's your take? My more than my take, I think is what 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 do you do in pick and rolls with Filipowski at the five? And I guess that's kind of open ended question to you guys because I'm not exactly sure how to fix it, and I feel like they're not the only team that kind of has this problem. What do you do when you got the dominant big man in today's game that causes issues that nobody can guard, shoot in double double, but you get these small dynamic guards and they just pull them out and pick and roll every chance they get. And they struggle with it. Like, you know, you kind of got to figure out an answer for that. Uh, I'm not sure what the answer is right now, but uh, I think, like I said, uh, John, John will do a good job of figuring it out. Uh, maybe mixing some lineups up a little bit. Uh, I'm not sure what young will kind of factor in with everything yet, but uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll figure it out and they'll be fine, especially once they get uh, to, you know, the ACC play. Yeah, the the pick and rolls, I think, is what – I mean, Muss is so good. You you see it year in and year out. He's so good at figuring out, like, the one thing that you're not able to do uh, on the defensive end of the floor and just going at it over and over and over again. And in the second half, it was, it was those ball screens with Flip. Yeah, mm-hmm. they just they, – they couldn't – Why are we talking? Do, couldn't figure out what game. to do with it. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. And, go and ahead. also <laughs> – I would say I saw Duke switch to a zone, which I, I really haven't seen Duke much zone much. Uh, so that could be one answer. But, you know, I do think that um, Arkansas kind of figured them out a little bit and Duke didn't really have an answer. So they made an in-game switch into that zone. Not really sure how effective it is, but, I mean, it is a five-point game right now and we've already called the game. So. Uh, this is typical Duke stuff. Once you call the game, they make a deep run, and they just kill you. Uh, but <laughs> we'll see. All right. Well, yeah, look, just, while we sweat out whether or not our, 
Yeah. Well, we split up whether or not our whole conversation we just had is going to be a moot point. Um, I want to ask you guys about Auburn. Auburn just finished off a 74-57 win over Virginia Tech at home. Look, I am very high on this group. I know that they're not ranked yet. I know that they lost to Baylor. Uh, but I think that this team, with Aiden Holloway at the point, with the two big guys in Janai Broom and Jalen Williams, the way that they play, and Bruce Pearl, I just – I love everything about that group. I think this is the quintessential Bruce Pearl team, Jarrell, and I think that they got a very real chance to make a lot of noise. In an SEC that, look, Alabama might not be that good. Arkansas's got their warts. You know, Tennessee doesn't look that great. Like, this could be a team that can make a run and uh, make a little bit of noise at the top of that conference. No, absolutely. And I said as soon as uh as soon as I saw that game and just how tough that they played Baylor, they controlled a good portion of that game. And I think that Baylor uh is is a really good team. I think they're a top ten team, top five team for sure in the country, not just the uh, SEC. But uh, you know, tonight they had a, a, a really big win. Uh Jahani Broom went for thirty with a huge double double. I think he had like thirty points and thirteen rebounds and then uh uh, to be honest, Aiden Holloway, uh, I'm not, and I'm not sure if he went out of the game because obviously we've been on, so I didn't get to see the whole game. But this is night, he didn't, he didn't score a point. Uh, he finished 0 for 7 from the field, uh, and, and didn't score a point in that game. So even with all that, the impressive part to me in the Bruce Pearl staple, they forced Virginia Tech into 21 turnovers tonight. <laughs> if you, 21 turnovers and seven assists for Vitek. So. If you do that and they can continue to sustain and do that, and he's got some guys that get after it. They, they some of them can't score great, but man, they all play, they all play like their heroes on fire, uh, and they get after you on the defensive end with the full court pressure, man. So uh, they're able to sustain that and keep turning people over and getting those easy buckets and getting down transition. Uh, man, I, I definitely have them right now. Slaters, I think they could be easily be a top four team in the SEC. Yeah, I, Tyler, I think that they are without question top four. I'm sitting here like, all right, can they can they compete with Kentucky? Like, can they make a run at winning this thing? Maybe I'm just crazy. I might be crazy, Tyler. I might be. No, they can mind. compete with Kentucky for sure. I, I I mean, we're not Kentucky's. They're very beatable by about every team uh, in the SEC. Don't forget that. But also, Johnny Broom is a very good player, and I think he's going to be he's going to be a guy that he's going to kind of dictate. Uh, how far Auburn can really go in the SEC. If he gets hot and gets his momentum, I think uh, he's kind of going to push Auburn into being one of the top 25 teams in the country if he's having a really good season. But also, Auburn didn't even play that well tonight. And in my opinion, heck, you look at the stat sheet, they shot 12% from the three-point line. That's why I was laughing looking at it. They still found a way to get a win. Uh, so Bruce Pearl uh, teaching a lot of defense over there. Uh, so, it, you know, it's good to see a team that can grind out a dub when they shoot 12% from the three-point line. Tyler, I got I to gotta ask you, man, what, what needs to happen this year for you to say, like, nothing but good things about Kentucky? Is it they got to win, like, 35 <laughs> games? If they win the national title, are you going to jump on the show and be like, nah, they look, they're win overrated, the NBA man. They got to a lucky run. <laughs> the end season nah, hey, tournament. <laughs> listen, I, I do think Kentucky. I, I give them a lot of, you know, I give it to them, but they give it back to me as well. So it's it's a love hate relationship. I will give them the respect that they deserve. The one thing that kind of got me going a little bit is, you know, after the Kansas loss, everyone built them up, and no one sat here and said, "Hey, they still lost the game. They blew a fourteen point lead loss. late in the second half." 
and everyone's glorifying them, acting like they won the game. That didn't sit sit right with me. And then they almost lose at home, uh, you know, to St. Joe's. But St. Joe's is a quality team. But I do think they're a young team, and if they get confident, and the more they play together, I do think that they're going to be one of the best teams in the SEC. Uh, potentially, just like they are every single year. They have the talent every single year. Whether they're going to match that or not uh, is on them. Yeah, and I would be remiss if I did not mention that, uh, you know, Miami did not look great last night. I think that we all kind of underrated just what the loss of a stud like Isaiah Wong and a stud like Jordan Miller was going to mean uh, to that program. In the meantime, Duke's got it all the way to three points after we, uh, we locked them in on a win. So, um, if you're heading over to ESPN, that'll be an interesting finish over there. Hopefully, they are uh, Arkansas is able to hold on, so we didn't just do a 12 minute segment on something that, uh, <laughs> that is not going to matter uh, moving forward. But listen, uh, we got to get to a break here in a second. We have a lot more to discuss today. We we'll get a little bit more on Duke, Arkansas. We got to talk about the Virginia win. We got to talk about Texas A&M. It was a really fun night on Wednesday night. Wild troops. Are you a college basketball junkie? Are you the kind of fan that gets frustrated that this beautiful sport has such a lack of national coverage outside of the month of March? Well, let me tell you about the Field of 68, an all-encompassing digital network of podcasts, live streams, and newsletters that cover the sport at every level on every platform. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid-majors, the only way to keep up with college basketball is through the field of 68. In the first field of 68 tip-off, three of the preeminent mid-major programs in the country, three of the best coaches, November 30th, Liberty versus FAU, December 1st, Liberty versus Charleston, December 2nd, Charleston versus FAU. Three up-and-coming programs come together in a very, very creative entity. There's a reason we're called the field of 68, right? We want to cover all of college basketball. We are calling it the Field of 68 Tip-Off. Arkansas tried as hard as they could, but they did not succeed at giving away uh, a loss at home to Duke. They were storming the floor there in Bud Walton Arena. Duke is getting an escort out. Let me ask you guys this before we kind of uh, move on from here. Have you guys ever been on the floor during a court storm? Like, is it what 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 happens there? Tyler, let's go to you first. What happens there when uh, when the court gets stormed and you're trying to get off of the floor? Have you got any crazy stories about that? Uh, I've been bumped a few times, uh, but usually by the time I figure out who bumped me, it's it's they've already they're long gone. Uh, I think uh, I was I have been involved in a few court storms. It's never a really good situation. Uh, Georgia Tech, I think they stormed the court. They beat us at home. Also, I think uh, Virginia, uh, not Virginia's new arena, but their old arena was was chaos when we used to go there. I mean, that place was crazy. 
Uh, and uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, maybe Florida State, maybe not. I'm not really sure about Florida State. But the other two for sure, uh, I was part of a, a court storm. Drill? Never for me. And I'm uh, ecstatic about it. Um, <clears throat> one, I, I played for Coach Cream, Tom Cream, for about uh, for three years in college, and he had a, a golden rule about storming the floor. And this this was at home, so he he never wanted our fans to storm the floor unless it was for a championship. And that was like his deal. Like you know, expectation is to win. We don't care what they rank. We don't care who they are. We're not we're not storming the floor because we won. We expect to win. Uh, and all of the, all of the scenarios where we were highly ranked, uh, and we were on the road to some schools that I'm pretty sure would have uh, stormed the floor, we uh, we escaped. We we usually escaped uh, usually at the last second or two. So I've actually never been a part of a court storming. But uh, yeah, I was just looking at this. This is crazy. Somebody just uh, should get a sports in the top ten highlighted that that dunk that kid just did uh, right in the sea of fans. Somebody put that on a poster. <laughs> I'm just surprised that Eric Musselman is keeping his shirt on right now, man. Listen, yeah. this is this is the statement, guys. This is the statement that I think we were waiting for from this Arkansas program. We know the talent on this roster. We've seen the uh, the number of transfers that they brought in. We know how good your boy Trevon Brazil is, uh, Tyler. We know how good guys like LLS are. We know what some of these guys have done at their previous stops. It's nice to see them kind of figure it out because I'll tell you this, college basketball is better when Arkansas matters and when they are relevant and when these crazy Arkansas fans just they, when they care, when they're involved, Tyler, it's just, it's good to have them really good in the sport of college basketball. I don't think people realize how good that program has been over the years. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Arkansas, what they've done the past few years is incredible, but also, you know, one of their best players, Tremont Mark was out tonight. And so, uh, you know, as good as they played tonight, they have one of their best players uh, that set out of the game. And so, you know, when, when he gets healthy and he gets added back into the mix, I think this Arkansas team is going to start winning some games. They're going to get the recognition they deserve. Uh, but I do believe in them. Like I've said, I, you know, I just talked about it uh, earlier. Uh, you know, they have the weapons to be really good. And they have players that really buy into their role. Uh, the big, I can't think of his name off the top of my head but the big who got four blocks tonight uh when i was watching the game that guy is committed to just playing as good a defense on the other team's best big as he possibly can when you have guys buy into their roles like that on a team that necessarily not putting too much emphasis on scoring i think young kids put too much emphasis on scoring but when you have guys that will buy into the little things and especially defensive uh, defensively, I think you're going to have – that's what creates a good team. And when guys know their roles, I think they're going to start getting some dubs and they'll get the recognition they deserve. Yeah, it was it was Chandler Lawson, the transfer from yep. uh, Memphis. He had seven points, eight boards, six blocks. And I really – I mentioned this uh, when they were playing I, – I can't remember who – I think it was the first round. It was against Stanford um, in, in the Bahamas. I really like the lineups when they have Brazil – and Lawson together because you have two dudes that can both space it a little bit. They can both put the ball on the floor, and they're both like six ten with wingspans that are basically like twenty seven feet. They are uh, they are massive, and it makes them very very difficult to play against. Um, all right, Jarrell, I want to pivot to uh, the, the Virginia Texas A and M game because I was very worried about Virginia after their trip to 
Uh, I can't remember where they were. They were at one of those MTEs where they got smacked. Yeah, they were they were in Fort Myers, uh, the Fort Myers tip off. They got smacked by Wisconsin by 24. They put up 41 points against Wisconsin. Then in their next game, they barely beat a West Virginia team that uh, is as shorthanded as anybody in the Big 12 right now. Um, it's It has not been an impressive start to the season for Tony Bennett's crew. But if you look at them, Reese Beekman, Ryan Dunn, I don't know if there are two better defenders in all of college basketball, point blank period, than those two. What do you make of this UVA team? Yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, it's exactly what you said. It's their, it's their staple. It's the Tony Bennett staple. Is the, if nothing else, those guys are going to guard. They're going to guard. They're going to do their, uh, you know, the pack line defense stuff, and uh, they're going to make it really hard on opposing uh, opposing teams. And to be honest with you, nine times out of ten, you're going to have to make shots to beat them. And uh, you know, that was the exact opposite of what <clears throat> Texas A&M did tonight because they uh, they they couldn't throw the ball in the ocean tonight. So they they really struggled. But uh, I think the the big key for Virginia is this: they they'll get stops, they'll hold people to a, a low enough point total to get wins throughout the course of the season is just going to be uh, about offense, man, because, you know, it's going to be those times where they, they, and they and they tend to struggle offensively. Like, even tonight, they scored 59. They won 59 to 47. Uh, but like you said, uh, Dunn and Beekman, those guys are going to just have to keep doing what they do and uh, leading the charge on the perimeter. And, uh, and you know, they're going to have to find a way to manufacture some points, especially once they get into conference play and, uh, you know, teams are going to know you a little bit better and be more familiar with you just because you play them so much more often. But uh, I think they still got a good team uh, guard like this. You hold people under 50, you don't win a lot of games. I can tell you that much. Yeah, Tyler, they're like the exact opposite problem that I have with North Carolina in that uh, I trust the defense that they have, but if you got a whole team to like 55 every single night to be able to have a chance to win, like I just – I don't know if I could buy into that long term. I'm not sold on Virginia. I, I do think their style makes them vulnerable. I've always said this. They don't score a lot of points. Uh, one thing about Virginia, they are a smart team. Most Tony Bennett's teams are very smart. They're not going to beat themselves. Uh, but if you look at the stat sheet tonight, all their starters were in double-digit scoring. But also, if you look at their bench, they had no scoring off the bench. I think that's an, an issue, their depth. <laughs> uh, have a lot of young players. But, but me, I do think that they're going to get a lot of wins. But I think they're going to be – I'm not sold on this team. Uh, I don't think they have the talent that, it, that they had in the past. But I think they'll be solid. I think they'll be a team that's going to win a lot of games just from – uh, the coaching and the smart play that they play with. But, you know, the the pace of play with Virginia is very difficult for me to watch, and I don't think I'm in the minority when I say that. And I do think it makes them vulnerable come tournament time. I've always said that. Whenever they're playing, man, my ADD starts kicking in a little bit, and I'm like, well, it's been like 15 <laughs> seconds since we got shot. Man, I don't know if I can deal with this right now. Um, I do want to mention Colorado State because Colorado State backed up a uh, blowout win of a very good Creighton team by hosting their rivals, Colorado, and beating them 88 to 83. Jarrell, I got to give flowers to my guy, man. Isaiah Stevens, 20 points, 11 assists, another double-double. He is the best point guard in college basketball that nobody's talking about. They are a top 20 team in America, deservedly so. He is one of the best point guards in the sport. I love watching that kid play. 
Yeah, they're a fun team, man, and I got a chance to check out uh, at least a little over a half of that game before we uh, before we hopped on, man. And they're a good, they're a good team. Man. I think they got all the pieces, and like you said, Livers is a really good player, man. He's a fun guy to watch, and uh, you know they they're they're rolling right now at seven and zero. Uh, they played a, a team in Colorado. I think is actually pretty decent as well too. Colorado's not a bad team in a rivalry game, so uh, this is a big a big win for them tonight. Uh, and I think they're definitely a legit top twenty top 25 team for sure all right listen we got about two minutes left here before we head over to last call over on stadium on their youtube channel we got to get to our toasts of the night tyler i'm gonna go to you first man who i i think i I think i got a pretty pretty good idea who you're gonna do your uh your toast of the night to tonight i I think you're gonna be off on this one this one's going to tennessee and connect he came into the smith center and he tied the highest scoring uh, scoring point game from an opposing team. Uh, I think he had he dropped 37 on us tonight. Looked like a young Larry Bird out there. Uh, so he gets my toast of the night. I respect that guy coming over there. He's about the only person from Virginia to really get it going. Uh, heck of a performance from him, so I respect that. Jarrell, what do you got? Toast of the night. I got Elliot Cadeau from Carolina, so – Tyler went Tennessee. I'll pick up the Carolina slack for him. But, man, uh, freshman coming in, young guy giving you 10 assists, zero turnovers, coming in off the bench. Invaluable. Big win for the Tar Heels tonight. So my toast of the night then, um, I'm going to I'm gonna stick out in, uh, in Fort Collins. And my toast of the night is going to be to Nico Medved and the Colorado State Rams. Look, they – they have a couple D2 guys in their starting lineup. They were missing a, a starter tonight. They got an NIA player there. Um, and what Nico's able to do in terms of just figuring out how to win games with whatever he puts on that roster is just really, really impressive. I think he's one of the better coaches in college basketball that people aren't talking about. So to Nico Medved, the Colorado State Rams, cheers to you guys for a, another great win and what's going to be a great season. Listen, head over to the stadium youtube channel and head over to the stadium app we are going to be doing a last call over there you can ask us questions i'm going to make these guys answer them as long as we're not going to get canceled we'll be answering your questions so for Jarrell mcneil for tyler hanswell for our producer trevor Belize, who is behind the scenes making the show look so pretty my name is rob doster we'll see you guys tomorrow night without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done